Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome into the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Derek, joined by Joe Mason today. Joe Beldner is being a good brother and uh, babysitting his niece tonight. So he's getting his first taste of the babysitting life. So hopefully he's not too in over his head this evening as we record a fantasy football podcast. Two weeks after the Super Bowl, we are in the dead zone of the offseason, but there's still plenty to talk about. We have no combine yet. It's in March. It's coming up very fast. Next week, it gets kicked off. Yeah, one week away. Yeah. Yeah. March 2nd. The draft is two months away. And the NFL, I don't know when they did that. It wasn't that long ago when they like made it farther into April so that we prolong the NFL offseason <laughs> to keep us engaged for longer and longer, keep us waiting on the edge of our seats. That's April 23rd through 25th. So with that being said, we have less news to talk about. What are you seeing around the rumor mill, though, Joe Mason? Yeah, we just got news today that Bobby Wagner got released, which is a little surprising to me, honestly. Like, I I think the Rams are in a reload, uh, you know, mode right now. Like, they, they still have a bunch of win-now pieces. And to see him released because he wants to go to a place to win now, I think that's just a little concerning for the Rams, you know, maybe they needed maybe they needed the cap space, but but who knows? Um, I know Aaron Rodgers awoke from his uh, darkness retreat, which I've been seeing a bunch of, of memes out there today, which have been really funny. Um, and then let's see, yeah, I don't know. That, that's funny, right? Just yeah. Aaron Rodgers waking up. I just I had like a visceral reaction to actually thinking about what it would be like to be in total darkness for four days. It's kind of terrifying. Yeah, did you see the house he went to? Yeah, that's when I got the uh, the realization. Like, I was trying to think of how I'd be fumbling around, and you would just lose your sense of self very quickly. I think mm -hmm. because you sit yep. in a dark room for like ten minutes, and you're already like, okay, my eye. This feels weird with my eyes. My eyes are open, but I see nothing. Do I just close my eyes? <laughs> Yeah, weird. I mean, I so I expect him to say something in the next couple of days of like, I'm calling it a career or I want out of Green Bay or I'm staying, you know, so we'll see. What do you think is going to be? I think he'll stay in Green Bay, honestly. Really? Okay. You know, Eric just you likes the Green attention. Green Bay still wants to just keep him? So there's a rumor that he, that they were kind of like fed up with him. So. I mean, can you blame them? <laughs> I mean, he's he's been good. He's never really had, a, uh, I'll say, a complete team around him since since they won the Super Bowl back in what was that, 2011? Yeah, that was that's like a long time. To it be. is more than 10 years ago. Yeah, it is. In this day and age of like moving teams and everything, I guess a little bit of like props to Aaron Rodgers for sticking it out. I don't think the Packers have enough to just go win this year. So I think. No. They should move on from him and yeah. I think yeah. they absolutely do not have enough to win this year. Yeah. yeah. They need a they need a legit number one receiver and then I think they can compete with anybody, but they lost Devontae Adams, so I don't know. What do you think about the Lamar Jackson contract situation? 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like what I'm hearing is Lamar's asked for fully guaranteed money like Deshaun Watson has. And, you know, Watson hasn't won an MVP. Lamar has, right? I mean, I think Lamar Jackson should get a contract like Deshaun Watson, but fully guaranteed 100% is like unheard of. And I think the Browns just really set the market higher than any team feels comfortable with paying their quarterback outside of like Patrick Mahomes, right? So I still think Lamar will be a Raven. And I th- they're obviously going to franchise tag him. But if Lamar says you give me fully guaranteed or trade me, like that could definitely happen this offseason and would be very interesting. Yeah, I I wonder where he would go. I don't even know. I think they're. I think he's gonna get his money. I mean, the NFL draft hasn't happened. Maybe, maybe they cut bait, trade him. He gets a contract elsewhere. But I don't really. I don't really see it happening. Although, I mean, their relationship with Lamar and the Ravens, it's not the best. No, I heard they that their new OC they hired that hasn't even talked to Lamar Jackson yet. So that's just weird, right? You'd think like right away, excited to work together, but they haven't. They haven't talked yet. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Gannon's already dapping up Kyler Murray in his awkward, goofy way. And, I mean, Murray's not even going to start the season. Yeah. Was that Rondell Moore he was with, or he was like, zoom, zoom, zoom? I don't even know. I couldn't even keep my eyes off that guy. Making, I don't even get that. The zoom, 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 yeah, zoom. I saw I a thing that was That's like uh, Jonathan Gannon describing how the Chiefs' offense was going up the field on his defense in the Super Bowl. Zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, it's just sad. Uh, do you think Saquon gets paid in New York, or is he going elsewhere? Is that the shocker of the offseason? I'm a firm believer to not pay running backs. So I think if they were smart, they would let Barkley walk. But, you know, they have a whole on offense. They need they need another receiver. They need a quarterback. They need a running back if if they don't resign either Daniel Jones or Barkley, I think they should franchise tag Daniel Jones. Cause I think the price is like 32 million, which is a lot, but it's better than paying him over 40 million a, a year. If you give him a long-term contract, which yeah. is what the price is. So I would, I think they should franchise tag Daniel Jones and try to draft their future quarterback in the draft. With an early pick or either trade up or if you if you like a guy in this year's draft otherwise otherwise maybe draft him next year but okay yeah it's tough so franchise daniel jones what a glow up that's been i mean his rushing upside they made the playoffs just feels like uh what is it a gilded situation that it looks gold on the outside even if it's it's a little bit tarnished it's not even pure gold. And then on the inside, it's just garbage. But what do I know? I'm, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm a hater. He only threw 15 passing touchdowns this year. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, who is he throwing to? Yeah, that's a fair point. Isaiah <laughs> Hodgins. This is only Isaiah good Hodgins, Richie James, <laughs> Galladay, Wandale for a little bit, for that brief glint, like blip in time before he tore his ACL. He, he he was, was better this Slayton. year. Shepard looked good the first like week until he blew out his Achilles. He's always been pretty pretty good. It, it sucks he got hurt. 
Yeah. Man. All right. Actually, but... it was an ACL. He tore his Achilles Wait. last year. Oh, Shepard blew his ACL. It's that yeah. turf, man. I think so. The Giants' field is garbage. Yeah, last... It's uh... just the turf monster is... The track record for that turf monster is so rough. In 2020, I think that's the same. We played the Jets at MetLife. We lost Bosa, Jimmy G, and someone else. And that all in that same game. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> I hate this turf. All right, what do we see? Like, let's see. I'm popping this up right now. And MetLife Stadium's playing surface is infamous, infamous in the NFL. Uh, Sterling Shepard's non-contact ACL is the most recent one. Bengals have been hurt there. Jets, Lions, Vikings, Saints, Colts. Oh, those are all the teams that use the same turf as MetLife Stadium. And uh, who are the... No, it doesn't even say. That I just blew it. I didn't have any names. Mm. I just know other players have got hurt on that field. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah it's not good. I mean, this, the, the Super Bowl is grass, and that didn't really help much either. But anyway, we're going to talk Dynasty. Specifically, we're going to talk about some observations that I made through some data mining or diving. I didn't mine any data. I just dove into it, compiled it. It is the 2023 draft picks that were invited to the Combine, and I converted their college stats from 2022 to half PPR fantasy production. And when we talk about this, it's not prescriptive. This is observational. Everyone's situation is different. It's not the NFL. You can't really quantify stats as well because the leagues are different. The conferences are different. The play styles are different. The level of opponent is different. The skill around them is different. But I think it's pretty fun to kind of just look at what do they do for fantasy purposes if they're in the NFL and put up the stats that they did in college. So I'm going to be focusing on points per game because the discrepancies between games played is pretty substantial throughout the NCAA. So it's not really fair to say, oh, so-and-so was wide receiver one, but they played 14 games, and this guy, was he played 10. That's a yeah. big difference. Than, That's a good I mean, point. I like to do that for the regular season, too. You know, it sucks if guys get hurt and they finish yeah. at, you know, wide receiver 40, but they were awesome. Like, for example, like Cooper Cup, right? You kind of got to look at it at a points per game perspective. Absolutely. And uh, I will not say I will not pretend like I watch a ton of college football. I don't. So I'm strictly a numbers guy. I'm looking at what the numbers are saying to me. And the numbers that running back are saying to me that Zach Charbonnet, my first attempt at saying that, and I will get used to it. I think that's how you say it. That, that's if someone's listening it. and doesn't know who that is, he plays for UCLA. And uh, I either butchered his name or I said it right. I was asking for pronunciation tips in the Slack. And uh, that's what we landed on, Charbonnet. And uh, he was RB1 by about half a point a game over Bijan Robinson, who right now is the consensus 101. Um, I'm going to go through these stats, and then we can kind of talk about them, Joe. You can jump in with any of your own. But some of the other things I saw when I was looking at running back are – Evan Hall from Northwestern averaged the most points per game from receiving work. Jameer Gibbs, who is also highly touted, was second on that list. And they averaged about a little over seven points per game coming from receiving work as running backs, uh, which I kind of wanted to look at because, 
you're looking for guys who can do both things, not just run the ball, but stay on the field and catch the ball. And Jameer Gibbs is definitely looking like that guy from Alabama. Um, but Evan Hull is an interesting name for me to just keep an eye out. He's probably going to go undrafted because I don't think that his draft stock is particularly high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he ends up on a practice squad or on the end of the bench for a team, it's not a bad late flyer in that fourth round or whatever if you have a roster spot because he has PPR upside if he gets that receiving down work. And he's not a bad size back. Like He's not, he's not like 5'6 or something. He's not Darren Sproles. He's 5'11", 210, but we'll also see how does he do at the combine and is that are those measurements legit because a lot of people lie before they go to the combine. Right. Yeah. So if he's like 190, that's going to be a lot more of a problem. Yeah, especially like like you mentioned in like the you know fourth round, taking a flyer on him. I love in the third and the fourth round to just – take shots on guys, right? Like, I don't care about ADP anymore. Like, I'm going to reach on the guy that I think could be, have a high ceiling uh, future, right? Because, like, at that point, third and fourth round picks are kind of worth yeah. whatever. Let, let's go for upside there. I'm going to risk this and hope that you just forget. <laughs> uh, but he also wasn't invited to the Combine. Frank Gore, Frank Gore Jr. Oh, yeah. He I want Frank Gore Jr. Oh, you want Frank Gore Jr. on I your team? I want Frank Gore yeah. Jr. The dude tore it up in the end of the he season. He got that viral moment telling his auntie, right? His yeah. auntie <laughs> to go away during the press the press interview. That was so funny. I remember he's, that. I mean, he, he, it's Frank Gore Jr. Like he's gonna be yeah. a tank. Let's be real. If Is he's he, anything uh, like Frank Gore, so he declared already. I don't know if he declared. I just know he wasn't invited to the combine. Frank I Gore saw, Jr. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, I follow him on Twitter. He he was playing spring ball for uh, Southern Miss this week. I saw, so I'm curious. Oh, he was. Does that mean he's coming back? I don't know because there's like literally no news on him other than the December like viral stuff. It just says December seventeenth, record breaking night for Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. Set records. Dang. Does that mean he's not coming out? Oh, he's only a sophomore? I think he was eligible to declare, though. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen anything, so I'm guessing he's probably returning to Southern Miss. Well, next year, I'm getting Frank Gore Jr. I was hoping I would just get him in the fourth round and that no one would realize that he even existed. Yeah. Well, if Sleeper adds him as a rookie, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Draft him. Just take him. <laughs> just take him before he even declares. It's like a what is it a campus to Canton situation? Just throw him yeah. on my taxi squad. He's not. He's just still playing college ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Um, other than those two guys, well, four guys that I've mentioned, uh, the top five in points per game at running back for those college guys that were invited to the combine: uh, Charbonnet, Bijan Robinson, Israel Abanaconda. That's another one that I have that not actually right. heard. I'm just projecting here. Muhammad Ibrahim from uh, Minnesota. And weirdly enough, I've definitely seen him play, and he looks pretty dang good. Uh, Wait, which uh, Dwayne McBride? No, Ibrahim. Oh, Ibrahim. He had an injury like the year before last, and he was like looking pretty dang good. But he's like a pure runner. He ran for 1,665 and 20. He only had seven receptions for 50 yards and zero. In 12 games. 
Wow. That's like, I mean, 16-64 in 12 games. That's pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. So one, the one guy I like on this top five list is Israel Abanaconda. Uh, Tommy Garrett put out an article a few days ago, actually, February 20th, talking about his – and he's a writer for Pro Football Network um, or F-Pro Football Network. He he has Israel Abanaconda as, let's see, ranked in Superflex number 14. So that would be the 202. And he doesn't think he's going to go higher up in the draft, but he's like, I just love everything he does. Um, you know, he's got 4-3 speed, apparently, or he's projected to run a 4-3 at the Combine. But he went to Pittsburgh. Um, so he's kind of a sleeper guy that I'm kind of in on so far that I'm interested to see which team he goes to. So I this is what I thought. I was right. I'm sorry to yeah cut you off about uh, Israel. But I had to confirm this. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim in 2021 had one game. He had 30 attempts for 163 and two. In that game, he ruptured his Achilles. So one year after rupturing his Achilles, this dude broke the trend and rushed for 16, 64, and 20. After a Achilles tear. Wow. That's wild. That is, I mean, he's breaking the curse. We'll see. That's my dark horse right now. Because, <laughs> like, some guys just, they can ball. Yeah, absolutely. What you can't quantify is, like, their willingness to grind. And, I mean, James, James Robinson. Somebody comes around every year. Yeah, James Robinson seemingly not able to sustain the long-term success. But was anybody taking James Robinson early in drafts? No. no he was like... In rookie picks? No. Mm -mm. You have to just, like, put your put your hat on the guy and, and hope that he turns out and proves you wrong. But you also have very little risk involved. All right, so Dwayne McBride rounds out the top five of the guys in points per game for those um, college players last year. I did notice that not many of the backs have substantial receiving work, uh, at least in their final season. That's what I'm going off of their last season in college, not their whole careers. Only six out of the 26 invited the combine, contributed five points per game, at least in the receiving part of things. A lot of them were just like bell cow running backs that didn't really get involved on, in the air. Uh, but this isn't the end-all be-all. We saw Kenneth Walker last year. We didn't see him come off the field on third downs in place of a different guy. Like He was on the field. It didn't uh, deter him from being a three-down back when they needed him. Uh, but he had no, no, none to little receiving work his last year in college. People were relying on his high school tape to justify and – rationalized that he was going to be good in the passing game. They were like, yeah, oh, I think, he can catch a ball. Yeah, I think I think guys can definitely develop that passing game. You know, as, as long as they show that they can catch it in college and don't drop a bunch of passes, like that was something that people were digging Jonathan Taylor on. Like when he, he was a rookie, or when he was uh, coming out of Wisconsin, is like, oh, he occasionally he'll drop, he'll drop some passes. But like, obviously in the NFL, he like, who cares, right? He's, He's killing it, so. Alrighty, I'm gonna move on to the wide receivers that I took a look at. Um, 
because it's half PPR, the let's see how many were better. There were seven running backs that averaged more points per game before the first wide receiver. And I was a little bit surprised by that. That just means like in college, these running backs are just beefing up their numbers. And uh, the passing game is not as aggressive. I don't know. But Nathaniel Dell was the wide receiver one. Only four out of 50 invitees to the combine scored 20 plus half PPR points per game at wide receiver. What school was he? Oh, Nathaniel Dell was uh, at Houston. Okay. And so he put up wild numbers. He led all wide receivers of combine invitees, but I think this applies to all of the NCAA, at least in touchdowns. Uh, he was best in points per game, best in yards total, best in total touchdowns, and second by one reception in his 13 games. Uh, which the most significant is that he averaged the most points per game because he did play 13 games, others played less. The problem, Joe, is that his listed height is 5'8", 163. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so I think the combine is certainly going to be a test for him to see hopefully he is that tall and not shorter. Uh, and hopefully he can remain good with a little bit more weight on him because that's not a great size. But more and more, we're seeing these guys that can be successful at that size. I remember Etienne put on like 15 pounds for the combine. Like he was, I think he was around like 215 and people were like, whoa, this guy was at like 195, 200 during the college season. And he, you know, I think as a running back, you need to be a little bit, you know, bulkier sometimes. So take a lot yeah. of punishment. So well, this is wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but with Dell, yeah, I think that his clear knock is his size because otherwise, I mean, production says speaks for itself. Houston just throws the ball all the time. I mean, mm. we'll get to it, but the quarterback for Houston led all quarterbacks and averaged 35.95 points per game in six point touchdown scoring which is nuts if if you put that in the nfl uh so that kind of gives some context for what kind of offense dell was in but you still got to get open you still got to catch the ball and he did uh just some other numbers i said four out of 50 average 20 plus 13 out of the 50 average 15 plus and then 27 average 12 plus half ppr points per game in college interestingly enough I mean, who is most people's wide receiver one, or at least in the running for? Is it Quentin Johnson? Oh, I was thinking JSN. Yeah. He only played three games. He got hurt. So he had the worst points per game among among all the invitees out of wide receivers. He didn't score a touchdown in his three games. Um, so everyone that's really hyping him is not based on that this year's production, obviously, but he did play really well in the presence of Olave and Harrison. So we'll and see. Garrett Wilson. Yeah. And Garrett Wilson, yeah. I'm curious, though. I mean, those three guys have proven that they are legit on their own. And now this guy needs to – well, no, the two of them have. Harrison's still there. Uh, but can JSN do it too? I don't know. And that's Jackson Smith in Jigba. Yeah, so 
So Jamar Chase obviously sat out the whole COVID year and still got drafted, yeah. what, pick five, right? You know, he's obviously a generational wide receiver. JSN isn't, but he still outperformed Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in 2021 at Ohio State. So I still really like him. A lot of people are saying he's kind of like a, a Monra clone. They're similar height and weight and pretty good at route running and, and shifty. So I still really like JSN. Um, I have a really tough time deciding between him and Quentin Johnson for my top wide receiver. It'll depend on landing spot uh, for me. Yeah, and speaking of Quentin Johnson, he didn't really blow up stats-wise either on paper. He was wide receiver 26th out of 50 uh, in points per game. And this is out of the just the players that are going yeah, to the Yeah, these are the right? players these are the players that were invited to the combine. So I pulled that list. 50 wide receivers were invited to the combine of those 50 Quentin Johnson ranks 26th in points per game uh, at that position. And that was on the back of his numbers were one moment. He had 60 receptions, 1,069 and six touchdowns in 14 games. So I think that the touchdown total really hit him. Like, the guys towards the top are putting up more than six touchdowns. The 1,000 yards is pretty good. Yeah, and especially with NFL, they really like prototypical big-body wide receivers. Like, look at Drake London last year, right? He wasn't the best yeah. statistical guy, but he still was well, the first one taken, right? He actually was points per game-wise. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just fantasy points, right? Yeah, fantasy points per game. Because he scored a bunch of touchdowns. Mm. He had like a crazy yards per catch. Let's see. I have the numbers here. Drake London had 88 receptions for 1,084 and 7. Oh, 1,084. Wow. But it was only eight games. So he put up 88 and 1,084 and 7 in eight games. It's like 180 receiving yards a game. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Like, that's not that great, but it was because it was in eight games. Wild. All right, so um, just looking at the big names, we've got Jalen Hyatt ranked second at wide receiver. Josh Downs was fifth. Zay Flowers was seventh. Xavier Hutchinson was eighth. Jordan Addison, that pit transfer to USC, was 13th. Johnson was 26th. And then Kayshawn Booty was 41st out of 50. Any names jump out at you as like being surprising? Hey, Sean Boot, he, he's LSU, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've been hearing some good things about him. I guess recently just I've been seeing everyone talk about, I think it's Zay Flowers and also Josh Downs. Josh Downs is North Carolina. Is that right? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I could see why people are uh, looking at the college production, probably looking at the film and the analytics and just being like, yeah, these guys are checking a lot of the boxes and, uh, you know, Recently, their draft stock's been been uh, shooting up. Josh Downs and Zay Flowers. Yep. Yeah, I've. I mean, some of these names I had not heard of, to be quite honest. This guy Charlie Jones at Purdue. He had 110 receptions for 1361 and 12. <laughs> and that was in 13 games. That's impressive, and I never even heard of this guy. I haven't wow. seen him on any lists as like good options. 
What school? And didn't what school Purdue? Didn't David Purdue. Bell go to Purdue? He did, and Rondell Moore. Interesting. So Charlie Jones with the numbers. That's Let's crazy. See. I mean, other like just stats that stuck out to me. Um. Like Rashi Rice at SMU had 96 for 13, 55, and 10 in 12 games played. He was third out of the wide receivers. Obviously, SMU's competition isn't as prestigious as some of these other conferences. I mean, but neither is like Zay Flowers went to BC. They're not exactly playing mm-hmm. world beaters. Yeah. Um, there was one guy with a crazy yards per catch average. He played for Princeton in the FCS. Andre Iosivas invited to the combine. He had 66 receptions for 943 and seven. And that was in 10 games. So, what qualifies you to get to get an invite? In the combine? Who knows? Because some <laughs> of the guys, their, their stats are terrible. Like, I'm looking at the bottom of the list. I mean, you had Jackson Smith and Jigba, but, like, the worst production was Kiaris Jackson from Georgia had had 21 receptions for 320 and zero touchdowns. How many games do you think he played? I'm going to guess like nine. 15. <laughs> he averaged under three points per game. So I don't know what he did to get the invite, who he slipped to 22. Uh, I don't know. And I think Maybe he's like he's a, a fifth-year senior. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the only thing I can think of is he's like a senior declaring for the draft and maybe, I don't know, maybe he did like kick returns or something. I, I don't maybe. know. I mean, there's two wide receivers from Maryland. So what is that, two his brother throwing to them? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they each averaged, one averaged 3.36 points and one averaged 5.21. And they both got invited. <laughs> Actually, three wide receivers from Maryland got invited. Another, the other one averaged seven point eight seven points per game, so none of them even cracked eight, and they all three got invited. Wow! It's that nil. That's a, it's that nil money. All right, uh, let's quickly go over tight end because obviously we don't put as much effort into that. But uh, the except the expected names are at the top. We got Dalton Kincaid. We have Musgrave, even though he only played two games, he was actually second in points per game in that two-game sample size. And then Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, all those guys are at the top. Those are the guys that really are relevant. Um, Darnell Washington's another guy that people have been talking about. Uh, he's got the crazy physical traits. He's massive, but he didn't translate that to production. Um, I'm pretty sure the tight end who is not eligible for the draft yet was way better than him for Georgia, if I recall yeah, the only tight end i've really heard of is michael mayer i haven't yeah. really I, but I, i'll be honest i haven't really paid a lot of attention to the rookie tight ends because you know well they're tight ends so yeah um don kincaid went to utah and he put up 70 with 890 yards and eight touchdowns this season so very solid that equated to about 14 points a game in, in half ppr uh luke musgraves from Ar- Oregon state he got hurt, but I mean, in his limited sample size, he put up 11 and 169 in a touchdown. And then Mayer, like you had said, is the most talked about. The only knock against Mayer is I don't think he's going to test particularly well at the combine. 
but that's seemingly not mattering as much at tight end as far as fantasy production. Yeah. Like Isaiah likely was really good in college production wise in the combine. He wasn't spectacular, but I mean, if you look at the rookie tight ends last season, likely maybe after Chigan Conquo is like the most promising. I mean, he wears 87, so that's promising. (laughs) (laughs) But the last thing I'll say about tight ends is there's a guy named Kyle Patterson who went to air force and nothing against this guy as a person because clearly I don't know who he is. But for the love of God, I have no idea why he was invited to the Combine. This guy played seven games, and he had three receptions for 32 yards. You know what, Derek? I think <laughs> I think we can get a Combine invite, you know? We'll put like, the pads on. Just, <laughs> it's like when they say that we should do the Olympics where one regular dude just gets invited to the Olympics to compete so that you can have a comparison for what a regular person <laughs> would look like. That's Kyle Patterson at the combine. Maybe I mean, he's athletic. I don't know. He averaged 0.67 half PPR points a game. You muted yourself because you're laughing. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to collect <laughs> myself. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, did I make a mistake looking at these stats? Did I make a mistake? Is he like the best blocker of all time? I guess Air Force, wait, Air Force like doesn't throw the ball, do they? No, so they they play my college, San Jose State, and they run like the the twin tees, like yeah. three running backs. So they just want to know, can, he, can yeah. he uh, catch a ball? That's all they want to know at the combine because apparently he's never been thrown one. All right, that makes more sense. I didn't think about the offense that he was in. But you also choose, I mean... Good for him choosing the Air Force. Yeah. Not sure what their service requirements are anymore, but he's going to the combine. Unless <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't show up. He was invited. I guess that doesn't mean he's going to show up. Yeah. I, I bet know. you most of these guys are going to go, you know, yeah. just because that's a cool experience to go test your skills with all the rest of the, yeah, you know, very, very talented <laughs> class. So, yeah, that'll be cool. I don't think that Kyle Patterson is going to warrant a taxi squad spot. And it is probably going to be the last time we speak his name. So, hello, Kyle Patterson. Goodbye, Kyle Patterson. Best of luck selling cars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or I guess flying planes. Yeah, yeah, the Air Force. He's got, he's got the backup career already lined up. All righty, so... Uh, quarterback i mentioned clayton toon led the way at quarterback of stroud and young and hooker and levis who do you think was the best based on their fantasy points from their production in 2022 stroud. you might have already looked you said it was stroud stroud levis. young all the guys that got the the good fantasy super flex hype so stroud young hooker uh richardson levis those guys, who's the best? You'd probably think Stroud, but I mean, Anthony Richardson is a sleeper guy that, I don't know, he, he just gets so hyped up. I feel like maybe him. No, uh, his production didn't, does not warrant the hype. No. What I didn't quantify was their completion percentages, but his is very bad. Uh, is he I like 50-something? Yeah, it's like 50. 53%, Ooh. which is just not good. Um, 
I saw a list. I can't remember who put it out on Twitter, but it was like these are the quarterbacks drafted in the first round who had like equal or worse passing percentage, and it was like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, but also like uh, oh somebody who's a complete bust, John, I, not Josh Rosen, somebody else. Mm-hmm. But it was basically like okay, I guess throw a dart, but good luck if it doesn't hit. Um, but the answer actually was Hendon Hooker in the games that he played before he got hurt. He averaged 32.4 points per game in six point touchdown passing. Because Is that his, Tennessee? His, yeah, quarterback? Tennessee quarterback. Okay. His ratio was 27 touchdowns to two interceptions. And then he added 430 rushing yards and five touchdowns in only 11 games. So that put him in second behind Tune. And then you had Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. So uh, he was solid. He rushed for 12 touchdowns, threw for 27, had 10 interceptions, 13 games played. So that rushing yardage and the touchdowns on the ground really helped him. Followed by Jaron Hall from BYU. He was 31 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 350 and 3 on the ground. He actually had 2 receptions and 28 yards for a touchdown receiving. (laughs) The only guy... Well, the only guy to score uh, catch more than one pass. Two other guys caught at least one pass. One was for a yard for Max Duggan. And uh, Malik Cunningham from Louisville caught a pass. But he was the only receiving touchdown. So bonus points for that. Then you had Stroud. Okay. A guy who, between him and Bryce Young, are considering the QB1 of this class, not only for the draft, but for fantasy. Who do you have, Derek? As who do I have for the QB one? Who would you rather have, Stroud or Young? And I don't want to say mine on here because Joe's oh, going to take oh. Joe's going to take <laughs> the whichever one he thinks is better. It just just for context in our dynasty league, Joe has the one hundred two. I have the one hundred three. I'm essentially taking the quarterback that Joe doesn't want, but I kind of want him to take one over the other. So. <laughs> I think well. I would lean Stroud, and that is because of his, I mean, his production was very good. He's not mm-hmm. like Will Levis where he's just like, oh, he's the right size. And has a big arm. Hopefully we but... can, like, teach him. Like, yeah. he's the right size, and he did it at a major conference, uh, BCS, like, what? I guess not even BCS, FBS, like, playoff series multiple times. So uh, I think he'll translate better to the NFL. Um, he doesn't run a ton, but I don't think he's, like, immobile. So uh, I would lean Stroud if I had to pick the 101 tomorrow. But if, like, if Bryce Young's the number one pick and he's going to a good situation, that might sway me. Yeah, Young, if, he's, if he succeeds in the NFL, he will for sure be an outlier, but... You know, Kyler, Kyler's doing it just fine, right, on the Cardinals. And Young is a guy who just stands strong in the pocket and makes great decisions even when he's under pressure. And, you know, sometimes that's something you can't teach, right? That's just Yeah, but, I mean, his size, he's not Kyler out of the pocket. I mean, he can run if he has to, but... Kyler's ridiculously fast. Kyler is really shifty and hard to catch. Bryce Young, I feel like, is more Russell Wilson. Yeah, but Young's so accurate, too. Like, he just, yeah. not only does he make good decisions, but he puts the ball in 
really tight windows on the mark. And I'm saying Russell Wilson because like Russell Wilson's not big either. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at Bryce Young's rushing numbers, I mean they're they're not insignificant, but they're not significant really either. So I haven't watched enough Bryce Young, but like if we're coming up with size comparisons, have you watched him a ton or Bryce Young? Um yeah. Is he more Drew Brees or Russell Wilson? Honestly, I need that's something where I gotta watch some more film on these guys. I I've been trying to absorb as much info as possible and I need to, you know, I need to watch some film. Like I know I know our co host Joe Belner is diving into the film and I'm curious to hear what he's gotta say about these guys. Um but yeah, I haven't watched a whole ton of film on either Young or or Stroud, but I will over the next two months before before we get to the rookie drafts. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I'll just I'll qualify everything I'm saying about these players that I have not watched much film at all. I'm just looking strictly at this is what the production says. And uh CJ Stroud, his production was superior to Bryce Young. Sandwiched between Stroud and then Bryce Young from Alabama is Tyson Bagent or Bagent from Shepherd University. Shout out to that D two school or D three, I'm not sure. I had to look up his numbers outside of football reference because he doesn't exist on there. I had to look at his actual college's website. Uh, and he put up pretty bonkers numbers. He put up 4,580 yards, 41 and 8 in the air, five rushing touchdowns in 15 games. So that got him a conv- combine invite. So good on him. I also saw they had some punting numbers. So he's a. A do-it-all oh, guy. A dual threat. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe they run like fourth. I mean, obviously, I haven't watched Shepard play. So maybe they run some fourth down plays where they're like, okay, he's in shotgun. Mm-hmm. If the play is there, take it or just punt it. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just run through like this. That was the top seven. So Stroud and Young were fifth and seventh. Um, then we had Stetson Bennett who is um, already on his way to retirement, a la Vilas Jones. Uh, Max Duggan from TCU. Anthony Richardson was down there at 10. Malik Cunningham from Louisville, not much through the air, but had pretty good rushing numbers. Jake Hayner from Fresno State. Don't I feel like he's getting some buzz too. Jake Hayner? Yeah. Is he huge or something? You know, I haven't, I haven't heard of him actually. No, you haven't heard of him? Let's see. Jake Hayner, Fresno State. He is not big. He is 6'1". So, I don't know. Yeah. Derek Carr <laughs> went to Fresno State. He had a he had a better season in 2021 as a, as a third, red, like a redshirt senior. 4,096 with um, 33 touchdowns, 9 interceptions less prolific this past season uh but I, th- I guess i don't know i haven't watched him i'm just looking at his stats and the stats weren't that but weren't that good mm-hmm. but it doesn't help that when a quarterback in the ncaa gets sacked they lose rushing yards so jake hayner had negative 123 yards rushing followed uh yeah the last three aiden o'connell in last place tanner mckee from stanford and then second to last was will levis so is he going to fall in the draft based on production or are people going to take a chance on him 
I mean, everyone is kind of going off of this perception that we're going to see a bunch of quarterbacks go in the first round. But we kind of thought that last year. And what do we know? Only one went, and it was late. And then everyone just wait, waited. Yeah, you never know. Like, I mean, the year that we had Darnold, Josh Allen, and Baker, it felt like it was all kind of up in the air. Like, nobody knows who's going to take who. And then all of a sudden, Baker is, you know, within two to three days before the draft, he's the favorite to go first overall, right? So uh, you never know with some of these guys. Like, I still think it'll be Bryce Bryce Young, but it wouldn't surprise me if Will Levies is, like, the second quarterback taken just because he's – you know, got a big arm and he goes, went to Kentucky. And so, I mean, you know, I don't for know. all the criticisms that Anthony Richardson's getting right now for his accuracy concerns, he averaged over eight points more a game than Will Levy's. Mm-hmm. Because of that rushing, right? That's I mean, yeah, guess. but like he actually, let's see, Richardson in 11 games threw for 25 49, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Levy's threw for 24-06, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Levy's had 11 games, Richardson 12. Their passing numbers aren't much different. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I was talking to Joe the other day. He, he wanted, loves Will uh, Levy's. He wants to trade up to he wants the to second. Get, does he want two quarterbacks? Well, he wants to trade up to the second round. Oh. But he was like, also talking to me like which you know do i want to trade my because i have the 108 and the 109 and i was like joe honestly if levies and richardson both go in the first i'm probably going to take three quarterbacks in the first round because i got oh, in the first round of the nfl draft yeah like because i'll take yeah. one of the quarterbacks at one of i mean might as I'm, well add might to as the well stable take, like at yeah. least two of them hopefully hit and then you can just take the l on one of them so yeah, we'll see. He, if I, if Quinn Johnson falls to me at ten, I don't know how I'm going to pass up on that. Yeah, you know what, I mean, that that happens sometimes in superflex. Yeah. We're like quarterback needy teams are going to take them. And the thing is, I'm also quarterback needy. That's why like late first are so valuable in superflex because like you could get guys just fall because they'll either fall in the draft or like they'll be like an early second round pick for NFL teams and they're awesome. But uh, teams need quarterbacks and. Like Javante Williams was like a a one ten pick a few years ago because he just got pushed down and I'm just like man this is well because I mean the too. guy was like, like the one A or one B in a timeshare for North Carolina yeah because people forget he was t- like Michael Carter was better production wise I'm pretty sure than Javante yeah they were both like you said a one two punch um, uh let's see oh. that's good you got back into the first round though yeah exciting I, I had to give up Dotson and Gesicki to do it but. Just because Joe isn't here, I am not a fan of Jahan Dotson. So I you actually know. liked your side of the trade. I actually like Dotson, but I mean, he was like 11th rounder in the startup, and I got a first for him. So I'll take that as a win. Mm-hmm. I think I got a third for next year, too. So I think it's a fair trade. Yeah, it is. I, I am pretty high on Gasicki still maybe higher than I should be depending on his landing spot. So I think I gave up a little bit of an asset there and now I'm weak at tight end, but we'll figure it out. So he um, he tweeted at Caleb Williams today. 
because Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback, said like somebody heard him say that he wants to go to the Dolphins, and Gasecki's like, you need to coordinate. He said something like, you need to coordinate with me before you decide where you want to go next year. You know, like did you hear about my future plans? Like, am I staying in in Miami? <laughs> it was funny. Okay, I hope. I mean, for Gasecki's sake, I hope he doesn't. But for <laughs> Joe Belner's sake, I hope he does. Well, I mean, I guess for my sake. Uh, what we didn't mention though, like when I was talking about Johnston, the dude is, is big and, uh, you know, who else is big is Traylon Burks and you know, who is now the de facto bona fide number one receiver in Tennessee, Traylon Burks. Burks. You have him, right? You want to, yeah, I have him. Me? You want, <laughs> I'll give him, I'll give him to you for the one Oh three. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> Maybe for the 108. 108? Oh, man. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I mean I, I'm always willing to negotiate. I love talking but, trade live on the pod. <laughs> but 108, we'll see who's available. I mean, Traylon Burks is sitting at the number one receiver now on a team. Where do you that think costs, Robert Woods goes? We don't mean money. to go on a tangent here, but where do you think Robert Woods signs? I think he goes back to the, the Rams if they, if they yeah, can afford him. Yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't. He had his, he got he got some money he got paid a bit go back home where you made it where you won a Super Bowl that's like who else got traded did anybody else get traded at the deadline who's just gonna go back to their old team <laughs> I don't know but I think I think we kind of reached the stopping point here Joe what do you think yeah it was mostly me talking about what I observed but I'm sorry I took all the spotlight. No, you, you did a lot of the research this week. Um, I think this is a good, like, you know, way to dive into some of the players from this year and how they did fantasy-wise from a college perspective, right? Even yeah. though... Oh, even I forgot though... to talk about comparing them from last year. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so uh, I also have the same numbers from last year's class. And uh, just observationally, Brees Hall and Tyler Beatty were better than the top 23 guys. Or the top 2,023 guys. So Charbonnet, Robinson, Abanaconda, Ibrahim, they were all below Brees Hall and Tyler Beatty's points per game production from their last seasons in college. Hall and Beatty put up insane numbers. Hall had 27.78 points per game in half PPR. Beatty was at 27.37. And then sandwiched between Ibrahim and Abanaconda where it was Algier from BYU last year. So... I mean, you got two hits and a miss right there. Algier surprised me, and he was better than I thought. Beatty, I thought, was going to be good, and he did nothing. And then Brees Hall, obviously, before he got hurt, crushing it. Uh, Ibrahim was better than Kenneth Walker, who was the second-best running back, rookie running back in fantasy this season. Um, At wide receiver... Drake London had better points per game than all of the 2023 class. So and that was in his would, eight games. Would you rather have Drake London than any of these receivers? Probably, honestly. I mean, I just think he needs a quarterback. Like, I think but he's I mean, better than all of them. Yeah. I mean, his target share at the end of the season was absurd. They didn't throw it a lot, but like. From a percentage-wise, he was nuts. I'm, like, going to go look right now, sneakily, who has Drake London in our league. <laughs> oh, right. I think it's probably somebody who's not going to trade. Uh, it's Brock. 
I don't know. Um, the top guys, if you combined, the ranking order at running back was Hall, then Beatty, then Charbonnet, then Bijan, Abanaconda, then Algier from last year, Ibrahim, Walker, Rashad White, and uh, Dwayne McBride. So a pretty good mix from last year and this year as far as production. At wide receiver, it was Drake London, then Dell that we talked about at length. Jalen Hyatt was third before J- Garrett Wilson. So Hyatt had better numbers than Wilson. Then we had Rice that we mentioned earlier. We had Jahan Dotson. Then Charlie Jones from Purdue, who I mentioned. Sky Moore, Romeo Dobbs, Jalen Tolbert, and then Josh Downs from UNC. Any names surprise you there? Yeah. Are um, there any guys missing that you're surprised? I mean, Traylon Burks is actually not on that list. This is points per game? This is points per game in college. Their final season. Yeah, Alave, I guess, because he had he was him and Garrett Wilson were so good this year. Like, yeah, Olave, numbers, but I mean, I guess you know. Let's see. When you look at last year, JSN was the best receiver statistically, and then Garrett Wilson and Olave. Yeah. So I get it. He kind of was the the third receiver, I guess, in the offense. But I mean, if you kept going, I stopped at Downs. Then it was David Bell, Jamison Williams, Letty Brown, Traylon Burks, C.J. Verdell. Puka Nakua from BYU this year, Zay Flowers, then Chris Olave. I still am a believer in David Bell. I I am too. I have another dynasty. I really like David Bell. I am whenever I have a talk of trade with someone and they have David Bell, I'm like, just throw well, him. In I there. try to get him from you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just throw in David Bell. I'm like, come on. Please. <laughs> all righty. And then a tight end. We had Isaiah Likely and Trey McBride and Cole Turner were all better last year from a points per game standpoint than Dalton Kincaid, Musgrave, or Mayer. I'm excited for Trey McBride. Like Yeah, I'm hoping you know, though that Ertz is still good this season. Yeah, it, it'll be tough. He tore his ACL and MCL. I can't remember what else he tore. I feel like they're very uh cryptic about what he really did. Yeah. Which is not always a good sign. Yeah, I hope he's okay. I mean Zach Ertz, what a stud he was for a while. No and... yak, Zach. He's like the Tyler Lockett <laughs> of tight end, except he just gets tackled. He doesn't go down to the ground by himself. Yeah. He's, he's a stud. Did you know that there was a Twitter dedicated specifically that anytime Zach Ertz got a catch, they, they would tweet, tweet whether he got yak? No, I did not know this. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Wait, I can't. What's the handle? Uh, oh, yak sack. <laughs> did Zach Ertz just get some yak? Um, oh, man. I mean, if you just search that. Yeah, there was a Twitter account dedicated specifically to, like, the. the I'm pretty sure that the handle was, like, did Ertz get yak? And the tweets would just be no or yes. I follow one whenever the Dodgers lose because I'm a big San Francisco Giants fan. So, <laughs> did the Dodgers lose? Yes. Did the Dodgers lose? Yes. Anyway, that'll do it. We talked a lot about some new rookies. If you have no idea who we just talked about, I'm sorry. But uh, it is draft season, so start learning these names. Get used to us talking about them because that's what we're going to be focused on the most 
leading up into the NFL draft in April. So if you've been listening along, thanks again for tuning in. This is the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. And next week, next week, hopefully Joe doesn't commit to babysitting and we'll get him back. Have a great rest of your week.